So as we're in this Epiphany series, uh, one of the things that I have been talk- talking about is the seasons that we have been in as people and in our lives. And so last week, I talked about some seasons that we're sort of used to in our lives that we walk through. And we talk about those. We see the weather changes. We talk about the seasons of winter. We talk about spring, uh, summer, as well as fall. Some of these seasons that we walk through in life. Now, in Indiana, what's really cool is we get to walk through all of those in like one week. Sometimes we walk through winter, spring, summer, and fall in one day. It's really an amazing part of being a Hoosier that I I really enjoy. But mostly, typically, how we walk through those is, you know, we go sort of some months at a time where we experience the seasons of winter. We walk through the seasons of spring, through the seasons of fall, and into the season of summer. And we have different rituals that we have during those times. We have things that we do at specific times of those seasons. We have um, things that are on our calendars that, you know, maybe you have a a trip that you take every year in a certain season. Maybe you have a sporting event that you do at a certain time in a season. Maybe there are some things that you as a family that are just traditions that you follow, some rituals that take place in your life that you designate. You know, hey, this season is coming. I know that this is about to happen. And so maybe that for you, there's some, there's some things that happen in winter. Maybe, there, again, there's some things that happen in the spring. In the summer, you have some rituals you follow, and then into the fall. Now, some of us also, along with that, you can hear within that is not just the weather pattern seasons we follow, but we also have some seasons of life that we follow in other ways. So as you think about those seasons, you don't see the weather changes. You see the changes in sports. So last week I mentioned that we have some seasons we follow. We've got baseball season, right? We've got uh, soccer season, or we've got football season, or we've got basketball season, right? For others of us, we're more excited because there are only two seasons. There's, as Matt talked about, we, we uh, talked last week, is that there is uh, racing season and not racing season. And those are the two seasons of life. And so maybe you have those realities in your life that you have these seasons that you go through that are specific to you that you think of walking through. But what I've wanted to do is I've wanted to help us to see that there are other seasons in life that we walk through. And as a church, we have been walking through a season or a couple different seasons for these past couple months. And you may not even realize that we've been doing it, but I want you to understand that walking through these seasons makes a huge impact on our lives when we enter and recognize and see these seasons for what they are. So the first season that we walked through, we walked through the season of Advent. And that was the four weeks that sort of took us up into Christmas. And we talked about the hope and the promise that Advent brings, the expectation. As we started the Advent season, I asked us to to really get into the idea of, of waiting, of hope, of expectation, of entering the story of Scripture as people looked for the Messiah, as they had the hope, the promise of Jesus' birth coming, but it wasn't there yet. So they had this waiting, this expectation, this time of something to come. And that season is so important to us because in that we learn that we have expectations. We have hopes We have things that are on the horizon that we're waiting for. And in that season, we see that God is there to provide. That God has always been providing and has always been faithful. And we can continue to wait. We can be eager. We can be hopeful. We can have, but we can rest in the assurance of his promises that they are fulfilled. And so at Christmas, we get to celebrate all of that. We come through that season of expectation, of hope, of waiting 
And then we come into it with joy and celebration at the reality of Jesus' birth. And we get to celebrate that he is present with us. He is God with us. And then baked into all of that is this cool idea that we see in Jesus' birth, God has come to be among his people. And then we, on the other side of history, get to celebrate that God continues to be with us through the presence of Jesus in our lives. God with us. Not gone somewhere else, but continuing to be present in our lives with us now. And so as we enter the story, again, as we walk into that, we get to celebrate that reality. So we enter the story and we feel and experience that. So again, I just want you to walk with me through this and imagine this, that expectation, that hope of Advent, that reality that we walk through. Now maybe some of us were in a hurry through Christmas. We were celebrating, you know, at Halloween already. We're like, oh, I feel like I missed it. No, you didn't. You walked through that season. I just want you to sort of go back and begin to think about it that way. That you were expecting, you were waiting, you had promise and hope for Christmas to come. And then we celebrate Christmas and we're all excited about that. Now what's cool is we continue to walk through these seasons. We're coming up on some uh, here just very soon, starting on Ash Wednesday, we'll get into the season of Lent. And then we get into the season of Easter. And so in these seasons, we have this time that we think about the expectation and the hope of Jesus is coming we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that God is with us. We begin to celebrate the life and the teaching of Jesus. And then we come to the death and contemplating what does it mean that he died for us. And then we come to the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. That he is no longer in a grave, that he continues to be present with us. And if we walk that story... And the reason that we walk it year after year after year is because we need this story in our lives... We need to be reminded of the hope and the promise of God. We need to be reminded that he is always with us, that he was born to live among and be with us. We need to be reminded of the life and the teaching of Jesus. And we need to contemplate what does it mean that he died and, and what is the power of the resurrection? What does that have to do with our lives? And as we walk through these, we get to experience that. And so we take our time going through it. Now, what's cool about this is in some ways, some of the Sundays that we experience sort of bridge us into these other seasons and help us get there. So I want you to imagine as you're walking through this, we do the same things in our lives, right? We have these moments that we say, okay, so I'm in this season. These are the rituals of this season. These are the stories I tell in this season. These are the, the events that take place in this season. These are the songs that I sing in this season, right? We even have songs that we might sing as a part of a certain time of year that we don't sing at others. We have parties and things that go on that are just in those times. We do the same thing in church. And that's what I'm asking us to enter into is the story, the ritual, the tradition, the, the, the walking through of these moments and seeing that we did that Advent, we did that Christmas. We'll do that through Lent, we'll do that through Easter, and we're doing that through what we call Epiphany. Epiphany is this incredible time where following the birth of Jesus, before we come to the death and the resurrection of Jesus, before we get into that with Lent and Easter, we come to this moment that we are invited into the story to recognize that epiphany that Jesus came for all people, that he has come with his promises and his mission and his hope to bring life to everyone. And there's this incredible reality that we see coming over and over again in the stories at epiphany 
that he is for all people, that he is for everyone, that he wants to bring life to all of us, and that he has a mission and a call for everyone. And it is an incredible story as we walk into that, as we tell and retell that. Now, again, as we walk through this, one of the things that we see is we see Jesus' mission in this time of Epiphany, who Jesus is, what Jesus came to do, and we see this, this idea, this understanding that he is calling all of us to participate in his mission. And this is so cool. I, I, think, I think this is one of the cool things about Scripture. And if we tell the story, and if we retell the story, and if we truly enter the story, we see that there is this pattern that is taking place. We see that as we have the hope and the promises of Jesus, that we see this invitation to the world. Come and celebrate the birth of Jesus. Come and see the hope and the promise here. At the birth of Jesus, we see all this diversity present at the birth of Jesus, saying all of these people have come to worship because every single person has come to worship, to come, to be, to be invited to this moment. We see an epiphany with the wise men, with the stories that we see there, that, that he, his, his reach is so expansive. And, and frankly, I mean, the reality of it is that the story never gets smaller. The, the story of Jesus never gets to a small, it just continues to expand. It continues to get bigger. His love knows no bounds because it's just going to keep pushing back against that. It's going to keep opening that up because that is the reality of the story of Jesus. And then what's really great about it is, is that Jesus invites us to participate in that mission. Now think about this. You experience the love of Jesus. You experience God's love. You experience his hopes and his promises. And then it's like he takes you and goes, okay, now, now that you've experienced this, go and share it. Go and share it with everybody else. You've experienced all of my love. Go and share my love with all people. You've experienced my grace. Go and share that. You've experienced my mercy. Go and share that. And so Epiphany allows us the opportunity to read some of these stories where Jesus is taking these people, sharing his mission with them, and then setting them on mission to share that with the people around them. Now, one of the places that we come to this is in the Gospel of Mark. In Mark chapter 1, uh, it says this. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, there is all kinds of stuff that's happening here in this passage. And we're going to explore and discover some of those, but there's, there's some really interesting key things here that Mark is telling, about, uh, to telling us that he, as he's writing this. So first of all, he starts with this, after John was put in prison. So he's talking about John, John the Baptist. This is, this is Jesus' cousin who baptized him. Jesus' cousin who was uh, in Elizabeth's womb that jumped at joy that Jesus um, had entered the room while he was in Mary's womb. This, this incredible story that we sort of see coming together. This is John who was preparing the way for Jesus to come and share the good news. But what's really interesting about this is that we see in this sort of a time, an appropriate time, that the time has come for this moment to take place after John was put in prison. Now, what's fascinating about this is that Jesus is probably, uh, you know, late, his late 20s. He's probably about 30 years old at this time. 
So I want you to think about, that here's Jesus, we talk about his birth, and we talk about his life and his teaching, but it's so late in his life that he had this entire childhood, this entire time as a teenager. He comes into early adulthood. He's working as a carpenter. And that should cause us to ask some questions. What was Jesus doing at that time? What was happening in those moments? What was taking place there? Why, why don't we hear some of the stories about that? The best thing we can think is that there was some preparation taking place. That Jesus was waiting. Jesus was preparing. Jesus was ready for this moment to share this good news. Now, there's all kinds of other questions there and probably worth asking. I don't know how the answers to some of those, but I think it's amazing that we see right here that it's almost like Jesus. And I just wonder, was Jesus kind of hanging out? He hears the news. Hey, John's been put in prison. Now's the time. Was it this moment that he felt the Holy Spirit speaking to him saying, now is the time? Now go and share that good news. And Jesus couldn't do anything else but go and share that good news. It's almost like he gets up, he walks, he says, now is the time, the kingdom of God. And listen to what he says. He says, the time has come. So he makes like this declaration. I want you to imagine him walking through Galilee. And again, he's, he's basically at home. He's basically in the region of the country that he had grown up in. And he just sort of starts walking around. And, and you wonder and you see some of this. You see people going, well, what, 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 who's this guy? Isn't this that carpenter's son? Who is this guy? And he's walking around. He looks at people and he goes, the time has come. Everybody's like, what time? Well, the time has come for dinner? No, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Whoa. Now he's serious. The time could come for a lot of different things. There could be all kinds of seasons that are on the horizon, but the sea's saying the season has come. It has changed. We've moved over. I saw this this morning. Tim was back here on the computer, and we're getting ready for church. He turns around, and he goes, what is that? And he looks out the back window. And I'm thinking of like these sci-fi movies, and I thought he saw like a rocket flying through the sky. Maybe there's like an alien dropping in the, you know, whatever. And he looks, and he goes, what is that thing back there? I go, what thing, Tim? I look and I go, oh, the sun. He's like, what is that? And I was like, that's the sun, Tim. And so then I joined him in his fun, you know, and I'm like, can you believe it? I can't believe it's the sun. But I had the same feeling this morning. I went to pick up the trailer at my mom's house and I'm backing up and I'm like, I can see her garage. I can see the trailer. I, what, what is this? And I'm looking around and did you guys notice that it just happened? The time has come. All of a sudden, we have the sun again, and, and it's like you can see the, that we're beginning to get there. I have a confession to make about this because we're very slow at changing seasons at our house, and don't judge me. I, I know we should have done this on Epiphany. We're a little later, but we just put away our Christmas decorations yesterday. <laughs> and Jill was really upset. She's like, I don't want to do it. She, it just, she gets so upset about it, and she said, I don't want to put them away. And I said, dear, here, here's the deal. If we leave the Christmas decorations out all the time, well, they're no longer special. Then they're just decorations. So we got to put them away because when they come back out, we can celebrate again. We need the walking of these seasons. That's sort of what we experience here, right? We have these moments that we're like, oh, the dark days of winter. But man, doesn't it help you to celebrate and appreciate the beautiful days of spring even more? I mean, I think when I get through that, and then I get the rains of March, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, can this ever end? And I'm like, but the pool is about to open. And I'm like, yes, like you can feel that coming. Race cars are going to start going around the track, Jeff. Like we are almost there. 
Like, it's just in a few weeks if you think about it that way. Like, it allows you to have that, that the time has come and you can feel it. Now, I want you to feel that same way in this moment here. I don't want us to walk through this and just think that Jesus is like, well, it's about that time. That's not what he's saying here. Jesus is saying, a new season has begun. Man, and not even just a new season, man. He's like, a, a new epoch, a new reality, a new, something is taking place that is absolutely going to change everything. Jesus is saying the most pivotal time that you will ever experience is right now. The time has come. So when he is speaking, he is not just walking in through Galilee, looking at people and going, all right, well, it's time. I'm here. I know you've been waiting for, nobody was waiting for Jesus to walk out and go, well, I'm here, it's time to go. The birth of Jesus happened and everybody was all excited that the Messiah had been born. And then do you recognize and see that what seems to take place is it seems like everybody sort of forgets in the story. Everybody sort of goes, oh, well, who's this? What's happening here? Man, I wonder if we're the same way. You know, we celebrate Christmas and it just sort of fades away and then we go, but, but this story is huge. Something has taken place. Why, why are we so forgetful? Why are people so forgetful? The Messiah has come, right? So Jesus reminds them, the time has come. Get ready. And then he looks at them. He says the most incredible thing. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So again, the time has come. Can you just imagine... Justin, come here for a second. Come here. Come here. I don't do this very often. Come here for a second. Just come here. I, I just, I need, a, I need a physical, I just, I need you to imagine it. Come, get up here with me. Okay. Because I, I want to describe what's happening here, what Jesus is saying to these people. I mean, this is sort of this moment of, Justin, the time has come. And you're like, what time? He's like, the kingdom of God is here is near, is happening. Now this, now I'm going to explain why this is so important. I get it. You're like, well, why does that matter, right? We're going to talk about that. But here's what he says. He says, so Justin, repent. Turn around. Stop facing all of this direction that you've been going in your life. Repent. Believe the good news that the kingdom of God has come, which makes you just bolt. Now, I don't want you to run because you'll fall down the stairs. <laughs> But the idea is he's taking them, he's turning them around, he's saying, repent, turn around. Now, have you ever had a moment like this in life? Have you ever had something happen in your life, good or bad, just follow me here for a second, that causes you to absolutely stop in your tracks and reevaluate everything you've ever done? Have you had that happen? That you are literally walking in one direction, something takes place in life, and you are turning around, and you are completely reevaluating. Now, there's two things that can happen when we do that. One thing is we go into this place where we ask so many questions, we have so much anxiety and so much worry that we don't know what to do with our lives. We're turning around and saying, I don't know what to do here. But there's another way that we sometimes turn around. We come to this moment of life, something happens, we turn around, we look ahead, and we trust. 
and we look and we say, I don't know what is coming. I'm reevaluating everything that came before, but I know that Jesus is walking with me into this next place and I am ready to go in this season because I know that he is with me. And Justin, that's what's happening here. He's looking at you and he's saying, turn around because the kingdom of God is here. Now go. And everything back here, you say, I'm done. I don't need any of this anymore because everything is ahead and it is good. And I'm going to follow Jesus into all of this. That is the message that these guys are hearing in Galilee as he begins to say this. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. All right, so what's this thing about the kingdom of God? Well, if you've been around Southeast very long, you have heard me talk about the kingdom of God. But I don't get tired of talking about it, so I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. Because the kingdom of God is this thing that comes up over and over and over again as we read about Jesus. Now, there's a lot of ways to describe the kingdom. We could literally do an entire series for a whole year on the kingdom of God. But one way to think about it, that I want us to help us think about it today, is this. The kingdom of God is where God's love, God's justice, God's mercy, God's grace is breaking into this world and establishing a brand new reality. A new season for people to walk into. It is something that is to come, but it is something that is very much present right here and right now. The kingdom of God that we have to wrap our heads around is this idea that it is now, but it is not yet. It is is being fulfilled, so it is here, but it is not yet completely here. So when you think of God's love, you say, I know what the eternal reality of God's love must look like. The kingdom of God that Jesus is talking about is saying, yeah, and that right there is breaking into this world right here. It may be surrounded by all kinds of stuff that doesn't look like God's perfect love, but it is present right here. His grace is completely fulfilled in the time that is to come in heaven, in completion, but his grace is here in this world. His mercy is over there waiting to be fulfilled. Let me go actually go this way, waiting to be fulfilled. But it is right here as well. And here's the most awesome part about this. Justin, the reason you run into it is because you have repented and turned and you go, I'm going to take some of this right here and I'm going to bring it back right here because I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so what you're saying is God's grace and his love and his mercy is breaking into this world and it is breaking into this world through Jesus. But Jesus said it's breaking into this world and you're gonna be a part of it right here, right now. That's good news. When Jill and I got engaged, I was thinking about it this way. When Jill and I got engaged to be married, we were looking ahead to a time that is to come, right? There is a time that is to become when this marriage will take place, when this will happen, when we will start our new life together. And in that place, you have all kinds of hopes and dreams about this is what this is going to look like, right? But I would have been a terrible fiance if I would have looked and I would have been like, all right, well, that's to come, but I'm right here right now. No. No, 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 no. Gentlemen, the engagement means I am looking to that day 
and I am pulling some of that into this moment right now. I am, my priorities are now reset to that person, that moment, that day. My goals and my hopes and my dreams, all of that shifts towards there. And that is true for all of us in all kinds of ways. That's why that's why that becomes a picture. Now, sometimes it's a hard picture here because we've had experiences where this picture doesn't match that. So let me back this up and just say that is a metaphor for what this kind of reality can look like for you. That you say there is something coming. Goodness and grace and mercy and love. I cannot even begin to explain, but I am not going to leave it there. I'm going to pull it into this world here and now today. See, that's what good news is about. I have said this over and over again. This has become a staple of some of the conversations that we've had over this season, is asking these questions. Does the world need more love? And Kurt, you said, absolutely. Does the world need more grace and mercy? Does the world need more peace? Yeah. Okay? The the world needs this. Jesus is showing up, and he's going, the time has come. You, You don't have to wait any longer for that to come. It is literally breaking into your world. And here's the Here's the good news of all of it. Guys, the train is already moving. Everything's already been done that needs to be done. Jesus has accomplished all of that. He literally is just saying, come on, just jump on. Guys, the kingdom of God is here. It is going whether you like it or not. And his invitation is, come on. Be a part of it. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't, you live contrary to the kingdom, you're going to be pretty miserable over there. If you don't want love for all people in this world, you're going to be pretty miserable when all love for all people shows up in this world. You're going to be pretty miserable when the world is full of grace and mercy and you weren't on that train. You weren't wanting that to come. You're going to be pretty miserable in that place someday. He says, come and be a part of this story. Come and share this story with others. Be a part of what is taking place. So, imagine then hearing these words. As Jesus proclaims them to the people of Galilee, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, Here's what's really fascinating then. If you were Jesus and you had a message to share like this, right? Because this is a big deal, right? This is good news, right? And you had a message to share like this. Where would you take it? I mean, for most of us, we'd be like, all right, well, I need to go to the biggest city. I need to rent the biggest stadium. I would probably find celebrities, I would find influencers, I might find politicians that might be able to enact some policy, maybe, but I would invite people, right, who can make a difference and an impact in my world. And I would go to the place where there's people who have some power, I would go to people who could impact the culture, I would go to people who could fight for some change. 
What I probably wouldn't do if I had good news like this, I probably wouldn't go to some small towns in the middle of nowhere. That's the last thing I would do, right? If you have this good of news, you're going to go to the biggest city where all of the people are, with all the most influential people, and you're going to share it with them because they're going to, in turn, right, they're going to be the ones who are going to go change the world, right? Because they're the influencers. They, they're, the, they're the leaders. They're the people who have the most impact. Why wouldn't I go tell them? But Jesus didn't do any of that. Jesus goes to a bunch of small towns in the middle of the country in this region called Galilee. In Galilee, there weren't politicians. There weren't celebrities. There weren't influencers. Galilee was this region that was made up of, uh, had, in a lot of ways what it was, was it was sort of like you had the south end of the country that looked to the north, and they, kind of like how we look to the north, and we sort of judge them, you know, we look to the north side. They did the same thing, right? Just not in a good way. Probably not a good way that we do it either. But they're down, they're down on the south side of the country looking to the north, and they go, you guys aren't perfect. You guys aren't as good as us. It's a mess up there. I mean, y'all just moved in there. You, you, you all have just taken that part of the country back. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of diversity out there, people that, you know, we, we, we don't have that down here in South Judea, but you, you got, whatever, you're not as good. You're a bunch of fishermen. You're not, you're not famous. You're not politicians. You're not leaders. You know, you're just working class folks up there. That's all that's going on. That's sort of the judgment that was taking place. And Jesus goes to this area around the Sea of Galilee and these little tiny villages filled with fishermen and just normal people. And he begins to proclaim the good news. And he follows a pattern that he has been preaching and that the story has been telling from the very beginning. That this is good news for everyone. The story began with an angel going to a bunch of shepherds that didn't belong, that were judged by everybody, that shouldn't have been there, and says, come, come and see Jesus. Come and see the king who is born. The shepherds who shouldn't have been there, who didn't matter, who get invited, it is a story for everyone. We move on to the three wise, or the three wise, the wise men. We just know them as the wise men. We go to the wise men. We see these magi that they're from another country. They don't really belong in the story. We don't know why they're there because they're there because the story is for anyone. It is for everyone. And if it's good news for anyone, as I say, it's good news for everyone. It's not good news for anyone if it's not good news for everyone. It's good news for anyone because it's good news for everyone. And Jesus is continuing that here by saying, I'm going to go to Galilee and I'm going to preach the good news to all these people because, guys, this is good news for everyone. And that is awesome to see. The most unlikely people hear the message and then the most unlikely thing happens that he looks at them and says, now that you've heard the message, most unlikely person, you're going to go share the message. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. So Mark is like, I just want to clarify things. He said, Simon, his brother Andrew, are casting a net into a lake. If you don't get the full picture, let me just remind you, they are fishermen. He said, they're not just doing this on a weekend. This isn't just a pleasure cruise for them. This is their job. This is their responsibility. He's saying, I want you to understand these are men of Galilee, which every, makes everybody hearing the story go, ooh, people of Galilee, what's Jesus doing up there? Why is Jesus hanging? 
I mean, this is who he's going to tell his good news to? And then it gets crazier. Jesus looks at them. <laughs> People are like, what's he going to say? He's probably going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to share this good news with you. Uh, let me, I, that was an accident. I spoke too soon. What was supposed to be inside came outside. Sorry, let me back it up. I'm going to go take this somewhere else. He doesn't do that. He goes and says, come and follow me. And again, I just want us to enter the story. I, I, I need us to imagine that we are the people on the other side of the country looking at these people and going, oh, just Galileans. And we're reading the story and we see Jesus was a Galilee. Why is he in Galilee? And then we see he's telling the good news. He's, he's inviting people to the kingdom. Well, that's cool. But, but what's he going to do about that? And then he invites these people. We go, whoa! He invited who? He invited these fishermen. And he didn't just invite them to hear the good news. He says, come and follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people. Now that you've heard the good news, share the good news. Now that you've heard the good news, he says to these people, share the good news. Now that you have heard that you can be a part of God's eternal love, grace, mercy, goodness, justice in this world. Now that you have heard that you are being invited to go grab some of this and bring it back into this moment here and now, he says, go and tell everybody. Man, the coolest thing happens here. If we continue to read this, we see what happens is that they say, all right, exactly, let's go. And they drop everything and they follow. He says they dropped their nets, they dropped all their fishing equipment, they got out of the boat and they went and began to share the good news. And I had a conversation with a friend about this this week that one of the things I saw in the story that I hadn't seen before is why do they do it? Well, I was always taught, well, they did it because they were faithful. They did it because that's what you do when Jesus asks you to do something. But I think there's something else here. Remember, this is Jesus. They, Jesus doesn't hold any real power over them at that moment. He, he's not a real person of influence in that moment. But his message is. His message changed their hearts. They heard the good news, and there was no way that they could sit still any longer. There was no way. They had to jump up and absolutely share the good news. I have time for one more story, and I'm going to tell this story. After the Colts won the Super Bowl, I'll never forget what happened. We all jumped out of our houses. Anybody else do this? We all jumped out of our houses. We opened our door, and we started screaming down the streets. Because, man, good news had just happened. We had just won a Super Bowl. And I will never forget, in the most frigid temperatures that we have had in years in Indiana, I opened my door, and I look outside, and there are two young men absolutely butt naked, running down the street, cheering because the Colts had just won the Super Bowl. I have no idea how drunk they were. All I know is that they were so stoked that they couldn't do anything else but jump off their couches. Apparently, I hope they took their clothes off as they were leaving, not watching the game naked. That's weird. But apparently, they were so excited that they got naked and ran down the street to cheer the Colts winning the Super Bowl. Man, if Christians only looked like those naked guys in my... Well, I'll just finish it. If Christians would only be like those naked guys in my neighborhood. 
that we're like, I have good news to tell everybody and I'm not gonna shut up about it. I am gonna go share the good news. Man, they dropped, literally dropped everything. How many of us, seriously, are sitting on the best news ever told and we're just like, whatever. Like, it is time. This is good news. This is such good news. Okay, so how do we share it? And I'll close. How do we share this? What does it look like? Guys, don't go running down the street naked saying Jesus loves you. (laughs) This church is weird, okay? This church is weird, but not that weird. (laughs) We're supposed to be, remember this? Good weird, okay? Running down the street naked saying you love Jesus is bad weird, okay? So, (laughs) I don't... Well, I shouldn't be running down the street naked. Anyways, stop it. <laughs> what, what does it look like? How, how do we share this good news? There's a story we read last week, and then listen to this, about a guy who's also from Galilee, another fisherman. His name is Philip. We're going to see some name dropping here, which is really cool of the people that we just met, but this is what it says. Philip, like Andrew and Simon was from the town of Bethsaida. So Peter, Simon, it's kind of interchangeable, okay? So what we know is Philip, he's saying, like these two people we've already met, they were from the town of Bethsaida, which is an area in Galilee, so these are, he's a fisherman too. It says, Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, of course, Nathanael responds, and listen, he goes, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Galilee, could anything good come from Galilee? Bethlehem, what good can come? So he's, he's just, you know, saying, I, what, what could it possibly be? How could this be? Now listen, people do this all the time. Hey, you should come check out church. Church? How is there any good news that comes from church? Do you watch the news? You seen what some of the church people act like? I'm going to tell you right now, the rep ain't real good, folks. I don't go around and go, I'm a pastor, and everybody goes, ooh, really? They're like, are you one of those pastors? What kind of pastor are you? I'm telling you, friends, I know that we know this tension. What good news could come from the church? <laughs> now listen, all he has to do, he doesn't try to argue, he doesn't try to convince, he doesn't try to, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. He goes, Come and see. Come and see. That's it. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see this Jesus. Justin, if you are walking this direction and you're looking and saying, I'm going to bring some of this grace and this love and this mercy from this world into this world, and you say, come and see that person's going to say, yeah. You mean there's more like you? Now, they might look at you and go, oh, you got some problems. Yeah, I know I got some, I got some issues. I, got, I, got, I go to a church full of people with issues. My pastor's full of issues, man. You can meet the guy. But come and see. Because grace is happening and mercy is happening and love is happening. And this isn't just happening with us, man. This is happening in churches all around the world. 
places where Jesus is alive and working because people have turned their lives over to the Holy Spirit, working in and through them and allowing his grace and his love and mercy to do miraculous things. Let's pray. God, I am so thankful for this time that we have to gather to talk about this, to see what you do when we share the good news with people around us. Help us to be people who are absolutely, just completely blown away by the power of the good news. Help it become that thing in our lives that we say, Either, there's no way I couldn't tell other people about this. And then when we're out of words, we aren't sure what to say, when we don't know how to share it, just help us to say, come and see. Come and see what Jesus is doing in my life. Come and see what Jesus is doing around the people that I hang out with on Sunday. Come and see what is happening, because I promise something is happening. Man, God, help us to change the world in that way. Help us to be people of extravagant love and grace and mercy because that's exactly who you are. It's your name we pray. Amen. Hey, as we close up, there's something I want to do. I want to invite somebody to come up real quick. Randy Renzink is going to come up for just a second here. And you guys probably know Randy because Randy uh, is our custodian here at the school. And Randy has been uh, the custodial staff for Southeast since... How old are we? Come have a seat. 11 years? Is that about right? Here, take this. Let me speak right into that. So I, I wanted to invite Randy here. We'll back up because it's going to feed back and keep it to you. There you go. Uh, I want to invite Randy because Randy is amazing. Um, yeah. Here, back up a little bit. Back up a little bit more. Randy, uh, yeah, Randy, uh, <laughs> I always laugh. Randy's the only other person paid to be here. <laughs> but where Randy and I, I think, I feel like I'm far away from you. Where Randy and I are similar is that we both want to be here. We, have, we both just absolutely love this church. And I know that because I have watched Randy over these years become just a huge part of our family. And the reason I want to tell you this, and if you've met Randy, you know Randy is the real deal. Uh, this guy, you've changed my life by being in my, I just want you to know that. I love this guy. And Randy became a part of this place because somebody said to him, hey, come and see Randy was at Bunker Hill, and he was working, and we had another uh, custodian before, before you took that role. The person really didn't want to be there. They didn't like the, you know, I don't want to set all these chairs up. I don't want to do this. And Randy's like, I guess I'll do it, you know. And so Randy shows up, and I think you were maybe there a Sunday or two. It wasn't very long, I don't think, right? Two or three Sundays. Yeah, so it wasn't very long. And Randy's out in the break room, and uh, <laughs> I came down, and I just looked at Randy, and I said, hey, what are you hanging in the break room for you should come to church. What'd you do? Came to church. <laughs> I'm not doing anything, so I would rather go do something than sitting back in the break room and do nothing. 
And I remember you said that. I remember that. I remember Randy goes, well, I ain't got nothing else to do. And I thought, well, that's a win. I mean, sometimes you can be like, hey, you ain't got nothing else going on Sunday morning. Come to church with me. I mean, come on. Well, the good thing about it was it was a casual invitation. Mm. And so I was like, you know, why not? So. Why not? Just come and see, right? Yeah. Come, come and see. So I was a little curious too. So yeah. So I've why been to a lot you... of churches growing up and different denominations and Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, you know, a lot of different denominations, and I was just curious and uh, evangelical, mm-hmm. Orthodox. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I was just curious to see what it was all about. So that's that. As I think about this question, like, why did you, why did you decide? Why did you accept the invitation? You were curious. Curious, and uh, your dad played a big part of it, and very big part of it. And uh, we had good conversations every Sunday. He was always just really hospitable and polite. Mm-hmm. And uh, Suzanne... She yeah. helped out too. Those two people right there were really warm and inviting. So before you received the invitation, you felt like they had already like begun the invitation. Pretty much. Yes. They had sort of like just by being who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do those words like love and gracious and that, all of them that <laughs> describes it. Yeah. 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 I felt real comfortable. Mm-hmm. With, with everybody after I've talked to them, mm-hmm. you know, so. And some of you that are brand new might not know that um, my dad passed away and Suzanne passed away. Um, within a matter of a year, we lost both of them. And uh, Suzanne was our associate pastor here. My dad was a pastor and was basically an associate pastor. He was a <laughs> incredible. People would go, oh, I thought he was the pastor. I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. Um, we lost both of them, but, but we didn't lose them because no. we still have their spirit. Absolutely. And I feel like we see them present in people here. Every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you came, like, I, I mean, I remember you coming. You weren't, like, rushing. Like, you, you, didn't, you didn't rush for the exit. Um, you weren't back in the break room. I didn't have to drag you. You just started coming why did you keep, why did you decide to keep coming? Like, what, what was it about that you were like, I'll set up and I'll, and I'll do this and then I, I'm just going to stay for church? What? That's a good question. <laughs> and I've wrestled with it this week, looking it over and just thinking about it. It's just, uh, it's just a different church. I mean, it just seemed like every Sunday it just got better and better mm-hmm. and better. And uh, I just felt comfortable I talk, started talking to more people, and uh, it just made me feel so invited, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm grateful for that. So, I like what I hear you saying, I didn't even think about this, you feel like as you put yourself out more, that those relationships got, it was, that was it. You put yourself out to make those relationships. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. You weren't like, oh, man, the music's really good, even if the music was really good. Right? <laughs> preaching was really good. Even and if it wasn't was like I was okay. forced to do it yeah. or, you know, you got to do this. Yeah. No, it was, I made that step. It was like, you know, 
um, I wasn't going to church too right. often yeah. in, the, in the past for a while, right. even though I was a born-again Christian, but I wasn't really, I, I fell off going to church for a while, and I figured, well, I felt like God was talking to me, and it's like, I need to take that leap. In that and, way? Because uh, when you're around more Christians, it just makes your faith even grow. And that, that like connects to something else here that I was thinking about because, again, it's not the, the 10 to 11 thing or whatever, like that, that time is great, right? Like, I mean, you're hanging back here with Dan, you guys are laughing during the message or you're singing together. And, I mean, I, I always look back here because I see your engagement during this time. But what I've always thought is cool is like, we'll have a picnic at the house. Randy's the first person to sign up. We have like a baseball game that we're going as a church. Randy's the first person to sign up. Like you are a part of this community. Like one, one way I wrote it here is I said, I wrote, I wrote in my notes, like your family here. And like, I've told you that. And I mean that. And I think anybody here would say that like Randy is our family. And that's one of the cool things about this place is like you are family. If you're going to come here and you're just coming to hang out, like, I'm sorry, you are family you're going to become a part of this family if you put yourself out to be a part of the family. So how, when did you know, like, how, how did it become your family? And when did you know, like, this, this is home? These are my people. Like, when did, how, how did you feel that developing? Like, what, what, what do you feel like it was that did that? Uh, just, uh, I would say over time, just, that's, tough question uh but it, it's just uh showing up mm-hmm. and um i mean that's the main thing just showing up mm-hmm. and um that sort of did worship. it wasn't it like when you showed up like you're like i'm going to ryan's house for a picnic like <laughs> now you're in like you're like i mean you, that's right you, you like gotta you, show up for one thing yeah not say you're gonna do something just do it mm-hmm. and uh um yeah i mean kind of hard to no it makes sense it's just yeah. uh I just felt like I was wanted and mm-hmm. I, I'm grateful for that you know mm-hmm. thank you what about um now I'll ask some, some easy ones <laughs> you so you guys don't know this so when the pandemic hit I called Randy right away and I was like you know well we're paying you you know we're gonna figure this out like we had to we don't take care of you because we don't know what's gonna happen here Randy just stuck around. I mean, Randy was watching online church. Like, I'm like, uh, Randy's part of this community. You, you were there. You, you were a part of this thing. When we relaunched in, in, the, in the fall, like, what's it been like? Because I guess here's the question. You were a part of it when we were sort of a few years in. We were, you know, growing and building momentum. And then, then you were a part of, you know, the pandemic and what happened there and you're, you're seeing that hey we hit this time where we're like we have to relaunch and like bring some new energy into this what's it been like to be a part of the relaunch process oh it's been it's been great uh because just like everybody else um i mean it's we're a people of we got to be together mm-hmm. when you worship you got to be together mm-hmm. and it was hard mm-hmm. but um just through faith that you, we made it through that period of time. What's but this been like? How this, have you felt? Like this, this has been great. 
Cool. We'd love to have more people, but. <laughs> well, wasn't it cool to set up new chairs in the back today? Yeah. <laughs> Randy's yeah. grabbing chairs, and I'm grabbing chairs, and I'm like, "This is so fun!" Like. Yeah. And uh, but it it was uh, it's it's different between night and day. That yeah. we're people of. I mean, we got to be together to worship, yeah. and uh, it's been great. And uh, looking forward to better things. Let me ask you this, this last question. How, how has that invitation to come and see, that invitation to be a part of a family that you experience, um, knowing you're part of a family, how, how has this changed your faith? How would you say in the last 10 years, being a part of this family, how has that, how has that impacted your life and your faith? Well, mainly... Uh... I mean, I've, like I said, I've been to a lot of different churches, and uh, sure, I've talked to a lot of people in those churches over the past, but this church is different, and it's helped me with my walk, mm-hmm. where um, you're around people that you can relate to, mm-hmm. you can talk to on a mm-hmm. level base, and not like you're talking at someone you're talking to them mm-hmm. um, it's just uh, just being around great people mm-hmm. like you guys and it's uh, it's helped my faith a lot mm-hmm. and uh, so it's better than sitting at home and reading a few verses out of the Bible and then you just go about your and don't go to church or nothing um, you have to be around people mm-hmm. to uh, to experience different things. and uh, I just heard somebody say this. This makes me think of this. Maybe this is what you're going to say. It, maybe this help put some words to it. It's like, when you choose to follow Jesus, you don't just choose to follow Jesus. You get a new family. You get brothers and sisters that you didn't even know you had. Is that true? Yeah, that's what that, I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that cool though? I mean, sisters from yeah. other misters and brothers from other mothers, like you didn't even know. Like, Absolutely. And all of a sudden you look around and go, I got a family here. That you didn't even know about. You didn't about. even know you had. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. It's... And that's what we have to become more of. Yeah. And that's work, right? I mean, sometimes right. we don't right. always get it right. We don't always do it. But, like, that's what we want to be. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, um, I'm going to ask Randy to do something. Would you lead us in our blessing and benediction this morning? After Absolutely. I pray? After I pray. Let me pray for you. Come here. You can hold her. Yeah. God, I... Would you guys stand with me? I'm sorry. Would you guys stand with me? God, I am so thankful for my brother, Randy, for our friendship and for the way that he was invited into this community, that my dad, Suzanne, that the people in this room have had such an impact on his life. And uh, God, we would not be the same place without this man right here, that he makes such an impact and a difference in every single one of our lives. I'm so thankful for the way that his grace shines through and his love and his gentleness. Um, God, just thank you for making Randy exactly who he is. Father, I am so thankful that he is a brother in Christ, that he is a part of the family of God. God, thank you just again for this family that we have here at Southeast. Thank you for the invitation that we've all received. Amen. Hey, I'm going to get down here, and you lead us in our blessing and benediction this morning. God, you have taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. 
Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may be devoted to you with all our heart and united to one another with pure affection. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.